The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show today. I'm really glad that you guys could tune in. Happy early Mother's Day, everybody. Um, It's bizarre that it is even close to Mother's Day. You know, the only reason I know today is Wednesday is because today's the day I do the show. (laughs) So it's a special day that ends in Y. It's been, uh, you know, a bizarre experience for all of us, that's for sure. But, you know, the days roll by, the holidays roll by, and we've got Mother's Day coming up. And the relationship that we have with our mothers is one of the most significant relationships that we have in this lifetime. I always say mom looms large. She looms large over our personal lives and the way we see ourselves. And I was lucky enough to have a really good relationship with my mother. I mean, it could have been better. You know, I I see that now as an adult, but when she passed away in 2007, I was able to tell her I loved her and I felt that things weren't left unsaid. So I was very blessed in that. And I know a lot of people who have extremely close relationships with their mothers. I mean, I have friends that travel with their mothers, you know, their best friends. They're like more like sisters than mothers. And my relationship with my mother, you know, wasn't quite like that, but you know, we, we were still close, you know, nonetheless. But I always envied those friends that had that, you know, really tight relationship, you know. And by contrast, I mean, I also have friends that had horrible relationships with their mothers. I know people that don't speak to their mothers to this day. And I have one friend that has actually been told by her mother that I don't like you. Her her own mother told her that she didn't like her. That to me was like amazing, you know. So with Mother's Day coming up, you know, this weekend, inevitably, there's going to be a million postings on Facebook about moms. And for a lot of people, this is a huge trigger. I mean, even this morning, you know, I opened up my Facebook account, like always, I'm scrolling, you know, the first picture that popped up was a picture of my mom holding my nephew the day he was born. And I just started to cry, you know, because she passed away from colon cancer soon after that picture was taken. But she kind of hung in, you know, she hung in because she really wanted to meet my nephew. And, you know, this was 13 years ago. The feelings are still there. And there's always going to be a hole that she left in my life when she passed. So today we're going to unpack some things about our relationships with our mothers and the impact that that leaves on our lives. And my guests today are Terry Wilder and Reverend Megan Smith Brown, and they're holding a virtual retreat on Saturday the 9th, and it's called Unraveling Grief, Transforming Mother's Day. It's from 9 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific time, and you can find out more about the about the retreat if you're interested or sign up at unityawakeningways.org slash retreats and make sure you put it that way in your browser unityawakeningways.org slash retreats because I did it just retreat you know and it didn't come up so you're going to get frustrated Um, so anyway check that out it's going to be a very very powerful presentation so I want to welcome both Terry and Reverend Megan to the show thank you guys for joining me Thank you for having us, Diane. Both yes, of us here in California. You. Yeah, Megan. Yes. 
Well, I'm in Cincinnati, so it's a little different here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, you know, it's it's hands across the country here. You know, we're connecting virtually, uh, which is awesome. I mean, and just to let people know about this retreat, how, you know, everything shifted, of course, with COVID. So you guys were originally going to be having this retreat at the beautiful Unity Village campus. Uh, just outside of Kansas City, Missouri. Amazing campus, beautiful grounds and fountains and the whole thing. And, you know, just a, a beautiful place to be. But unfortunately, you know, we are doing things a little bit differently. So uh, it will be virtually. And I, I just wanted to ask you, like, how was that shift? You know, how did you very quickly shift things from how you were going to do it at the village to how you're going to be presenting it now? And go ahead, Terry, you go first, and then Megan. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, I can't raise my hand, though. I'm not on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it was it was an interesting shift, and I think Megan and I were both of the same mind that we still needed to figure out how to do this virtually. So it went from three and a half days to a three-hour um, virtual retreat, and we have been... I'll tell you what, the, the two of us have been learning so much as far as the, the world of technology, of Zoom, of getting sound to, to work on online. And um, we just had to go through a recreation and kind of a condensation of the experience. So it's still going to be extremely powerful and it's just going to be shorter. And the bonus is that now it opens, it's opened up to anybody anywhere in the world. So while, while there is a brief pers or perspective of it shrinking in, from longer to shorter, there is an expansion in the process as well, where now we're available to anybody um, who wants to join us online. Right. And Megan, what did you think about that, about making that? that shift or pivot. Everybody's doing the pivot these days. Exactly. <laughs> it's a dance. Well, you know, for me, it seemed like an automatic shift. It's like we were so focused on wanting to be able to support people, reach people, um, use the skills, the things that we've developed that we know work from our own grief journeys. And so it was really kind of an automatic. It's like, okay, then how can we still do this with technology. I've already been, you know, familiar with doing some um, classes and meetings and things on Zoom, so I knew it was possible. And you just have to rethink how you do things. And one of the things that we took time to focus in on, what are the priorities? What were the special aspects of what we know would be effective and really empowering in the process that we could recreate with a Zoom experience. Um, so it would be a little more intensified for a shorter period of time, but we would get the, the key elements that would be meaningful. And I think we've done a good job of collaborating with that. I'm, we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think it's so great that we're able to talk about this now right before the retreat is going to launch. And it, it's such uh, important information for you know, people to deal with their feelings around this and, and around Mother's Day. And I wanted to find out about the inspiration or the genesis for this program. So Megan, was this something that you had been teaching and then you brought Terry in? How did you guys get together on this? 
Um, I, well, yes, I was kind of the instigator. My, um, I'm a unity minister. I've been a spiritual educator for 25 years. So I've been teaching a lot of different topics and, um, and focuses, but I've been shifting more towards grief from my own personal experience. My 29-year-old son, my second-born son, was murdered in 2013. So... I realized that Mother's Day um, takes on a different meaning and experience for a lot of people. And, and it shifted things for me because I still have a living son who I love and I'm so grateful for his presence in my life. But I mourn my, my other son. And Mother's Day is a reminder that I can't um, hear his voice or see his face or receive a hug. And... Um, and then sometimes I just want to scream about that. Uh, so when I was thinking about um, the different events in our life and, and the seasons and the holidays throughout the year, I realized that it's important to offer some kind of support, something that is a healing modality to those that might not be excited about all the commercial um, focus on Mother's Day or other holidays where it's not a celebration in their heart. So I reached out to Terry. We have collaborated in doing women's retreats at three of the centers that I've worked in in the past. And we find we found that we worked really well together. We play well together. We have a really good time together. And I, I believe that of the different um, the education, the training, the experiences, and the, and the gifts that we have developed collaboratively can enhance the experience, whereas one of us doing it alone, there would be a piece missing. So I was so happy when she said, yes, I'd love to explore how we could do that. So our intention is to do this regularly. We'd like to do physical locations um, and different locations at least a couple times a year, and we're committed now to do virtual ones at least once a quarter. That is amazing. And well, Terry's great. So of course you guys worked well together and it was, <laughs> it's a love fest and I'm Yay! sure it's going to be, you know, such yeah. a, a powerful thing. And, and Terry coming from your background, just to tell people that aren't familiar with you, you're an amazing singer and songwriter. And recently, I guess over the past few years have really gotten into sound healing and you do a uh, therapy with gongs, which is really incredible. And I've heard some of your gong work, you know, the uh, CDs and, um, you know, MP3s that you have out there for people. So when you and Megan came together and you brought this. We've got added music. I know there's some, it sounds like someone's calling on Skype. It does. Which I don't know. Hmm. Jeff, do you know what's going on with that? I don't know who's calling me. Anyway, <laughs> look, we've already got our guest here, okay? No Skype calls right now. Now I'm like totally lost my train of thought. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I guess what I what I was saying was, you know, just from, from Terry's perspective as a musician and, and using sound healing, I think that that adds a really unique and interesting piece to the puzzle, to your presentation, Megan, you know, with healing grief and then Terry bringing that component to it. And then I wanted to find out from Terry, you know, when you and Megan were kicking this idea around or you started working together, what, you know, what did you feel to bring that piece to this kind of work, to bring that sound healing piece? So sound healing, I, I've been involved with sound 
literally for for all of my life. I started, I went as became a professional singer at nine years old, and I've had just a whole career dealing with music and um, voiceover work, working in radio, uh, singing, songwriting, and and then the transition into adding the piece of sound healing came about eight years ago, and I started really playing the gongs out about seven years ago, and it's become such a part of my life, and I have witnessed over over these past several years of doing sound healing and I've gotten certified because it became such a passion I I've witnessed people releasing stuck emotions in ways that that are a bonus or an addendum to possibly going and having therapy or even getting massage work it's it's this wordless opportunity to just allow the sounds, the vibrations to wash through you, clear out stuck energy, slow down the brainwave frequencies, so to bring you it more easily into a meditative state. And basically you're bringing, it, it, you're allowing yourself to be brought to a place where you can do the self-healing, so a place of homeostasis. So it's like cleaning out the gutters so the water can flow through. You're, you're opening up the pipelines for your chi to flow easily through your body so that you can self-heal. So emotions, grief, there is stuck energy. It lives in our bodies for as long as we, we, we may or may not even be aware that it's still living there. But until we really allow it to, to be released, um, it, you know, it, it's living in there. Now, as a, as a teenager, um, my, my experience with grief, when I was 13, one of my brothers died very suddenly, and four years later, I was 17, and a sister died. And so I had the, these experiences at a very young age, and, uh, you know, at 17, now another sibling is gone, and I'm watching my, my parents um, go through their grieving process and all my other siblings. Super challenging time, and I chose uh, to figure out ways to repress that and to numb myself. And I went through my drug years and just just had to, had to go away, had to make those feelings go away until I realized a big piece of it was music that I could... Um, that I could release all of that stuck energy, although I didn't have that verbiage for it at the time. And uh, then moving more into my spiritual arena, um, I, I found ways to release that and to support myself. So when all of these things came together over the past few years, and Megan and I having done many retreats together for, for women, realize that this is a very powerful component to add to Megan's grief coaching and her experience as a minister and both of our experiences in the in the new thought movement so it just it just felt right right away and then you know Megan and I are, are practically sisters so it, it was a no-brainer it's like don't think to say <laughs> yes <laughs> well adding that piece I think is so uh, 
unbelievable and, and important. And I think the work you're doing is so great for a lot of reasons. I mean, first of all, I'm a big believer in in sound healing and I just love it. I think it's something that should really be brought more to the forefront now. It's such a cool modality, you know, and something that has such ancient roots, you know, back yeah. to, I mean, indigenous tribes and all of that, you know, and the medicine man would use sound and people would uh -huh. be able to get into that trance-like state. And I remember when my mother passed away and I had this CD that had been lying around. I was working at Hay House at the time and it was a Stephen, Stephen Halpern CD and it was just oh, a universal yeah. ohm. And, mm -hmm. and I would play that in the car, you know, over and over and over and just the sound you know, and sometimes I would ohm it to myself or, but I just found the sound of it so healing and so comforting. And so I think it's something that is really cool that you're doing to bring to this kind of work and, and working with people in grief. I mean, just what I've witnessed in friends and, and family and people that are going through a hard time, it's something, first of all, grief is really something that we don't talk about. It's not processed exactly. and the problems that people have as a result of that can just continue on year after year after year. And so you're doing really, really important work with this. So, and I wanted to ask you too, is it, is this retreat both men and women? Oh yes. This is anybody who's yes. grieving and aren't we all grieving something right now? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we, we um, originally chose to focus um, to transform Mother's Day primarily because that was the date that Unity Village had available for us. So um, we kind of shift from unraveling grief and breaking life to transforming Mother's Day, but realizing that it's a powerful experience for everyone because the Divine Mother lives within all of us, whether we're male or female. That energy that is nurturing, loving, healing, um, that guiding that, that warm internal hug that when we're even alone, we can tap into. And so we wanted to help people realize that no matter what your circumstances are, whatever might be triggered by the concept or the idea of Mother's Day, um, that there is an alternative and that there is another way to celebrate and honor yourself. So, um, you know, I, I know women that grieve Mother's Day because they were never able to conceive a child and it's just a cruel reminder to them or people like you mentioned that didn't have a positive relationship with a mother. So it, it doesn't have to be a man or a woman. There are circumstances that affect all of us as human beings. And we want to be able to offer that to whoever feels that they could be supported by um, healing and transforming the impact of grief on their, in their lives. Right. So I, it could really be beyond just the relationship with your mother. You know, it, yeah, it could be you know, dealing with any grief. An interesting yes. piece of this now being transformed by the experience the whole world is having is everybody right now is grieving something, whether it's the loss of, of your your job or not being able to be with your loved ones. Um, a friend of, of mine lost lost their parent and couldn't be with them at the end and you know the the loss of just being out and about and and feeling safe there's you know grief grief is about loss and making a transition and it, so it could be literally about anything nowadays we're all having this huge life shift and in the middle of it in the middle of it we know that there are gifts 
also we're seeing we're seeing lots of you know everything seems to be amplified by what's going on right now so it, it makes people it takes people the full spectrum of emotions right now and no matter where we are on that spectrum we're all experiencing change and change can bring about grief and depression and sadness and heartache and it can also bring about opportunities like who I didn't consider doing an online retreat in the past and so I think when we look at the full spectrum of this and look at the opportunities as Megan was saying discovering that divine mother within now we now we have something to to embrace and and potentially look forward to in the grieving process because there are always two sides to the coin there's there is this and then there is that on the flip side of it. So it's not so much that we're going out celebrating, yay, we get to grieve. No, it's, it's definitely challenging and it hurts and, and it's, it's going to be different on the other side. And to know that, that there's something in there for us that, that ultimately has the potential to be something um, uplifting. Yeah, right. one of the That's things so that... True. that I, you know, I think it's important to realize that we all carry unresolved grief within us, and and most of us are unconscious to that. That, you know, grief is something that's part of the human experience. You can't be born and be alive without having had some pain and sorrow and loss from something. So when we haven't resolved the grief that we've experienced, when something significant happens or traumatic, and for for me. To have my son murdered, it, you know, I practically, you know, I couldn't breathe in the moment. It, the reality, it, it, the shock puts you into a numb state where you're not even in your body for, for quite a while. And so if you have unresolved grief and something traumatic happens, it just um, adds on to all that you haven't dealt with and can make it much more traumatic than it may have been originally. For me, I was really grateful because at least had a spiritual foundation as a minister and some practices in having worked with others that I was able to recognize what could support me. But one of the things I wanted to share too is I've just finished writing a book that I'm in the process of having published and in the research, I realized that grief um, traditionally is focused on the emotional response to loss, but it also has a physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and physiological um, proportions of how it um, impacts us. So it's no wonder that people wonder why um, they can't get through something that, that has happened in their life and that it's people are struggling with just thriving on any level at all. So that's why we're here, is to give them some tools, some practices, some effective ways of feeling the emotions so they can heal them. Because we can't heal until we feel. And that's something that I personally know from my own journey of walking through grief. Right. And you make a good point. You know, this is, these are things that we're not taught. And it's really something that you learn through experience, through going through life, through this, this human experience, and you're able to help people to make sense of it and to be able to move forward with, you know, acceptance or, or forgiveness 
or whatever, you know, that they're struggling with. Because really, you know, if you don't, like you said, it will affect you on the physical level. You know, this this gets into your cells, you know, and I totally have Megan, some problems. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. And I, I have shared with Megan because I, I actually took part in one of her um, mini retreats around working through grief. And it just kept going through my mind, if my family or anybody else's, but in particular for my experience, if my family had had um, the awareness or, or had this available for us back then, all those years ago, my, my life would have had a very different trajectory. As it was, I learned a lot nevertheless, but it it might have um, hurried that up or given me something deeper sooner to work with and, and an ability to be with the grief and then learn to embrace it and, and discover what's on the other side in, a, in, a, in an expedited way. So uh, that's, what, that's another thing that drives me is, wow, I want to get this into people's hands and hearts and experiences to, to support them wherever they might be um, in the process. Absolutely. Right, it's so needed. Um, if if I might, I um, I shared this with Terry yesterday. We were talking about um, this a short excerpt from my book that I, I woke up um, one morning with this revelation of of what grief is and how it impacts us. And what I wrote is from my personal experience that grief slowly creeps into every part of us, infiltrates our thoughts and feelings seeps into our emotions and crawls into our heart. It finds its way into the cells of our body and it takes over how it functions. It finds its way into every aspect of our lives, our relationships, how we respond to the world around us, our behaviors, and our perception of life on every level to the point that we can't even recognize ourselves in the time it has taken up residence in who we are. Mm, and wow. what I realized so true. Hold hold that I, thought though, but, Megan. We're okay. We're gonna take a short break though, so I didn't wanna I didn't wanna cut you off when we go to spots. So we'll take a short break for uh, just three minutes and then we'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Thanks for joining me after the break here. I'm Diane Ray, doing it live. You know, hopefully we won't have a a rogue uh, Skype call, <laughs> random Skype call uh, <laughs> during the for the rest of the show, you know. But hey, li- when you're doing live radio, sometimes bizarre things happen, but we just roll with it. Uh, today we are talking with Terry Wilder and Reverend Megan Smith Brooks, and they are offering an incredible virtual retreat for Mother's Day weekend, unraveling grief, transforming Mother's Day. It's happening on the ninth. 9 a.m. Pacific to 12 noon 
9 to 12. So we've got a three-hour retreat going on here. They're going to take a deep dive. It's three hours of empowering transformational exercises, meditations. Terry is an amazing sound healer and singer-songwriter. She's going to be doing some gong vibrational healing. It will just be an amazing experience. So if you guys want to check this out, if this sounds interesting to you, go to unityawakeningways.org slash retreats, and you can still sign up. So there's plenty of, there's still plenty of room, right? Is there a cap on how many people that will be able to participate or how many people do you uh, anticipate will be taking the retreat? Well, I don't Anybody? think so. I mean, the, the Zoom room will hold up to 100, so. Yeah, <laughs> so well, that's great. I guess the cap is 100. <laughs> um, right, the cap, was, of, the cap of Zoom. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the Zoom cap. So we, we want to make it personal, and um, part of it is the shared stories and everybody's circumstances. So if we had 100 people, that would be a little hard to manage. But I, I'm not concerned that at this point we're welcoming anybody that wants to join us. And we also have some things that we're offering people as a gift for investing in themselves and their time and their healing. Um, Terry, do you want to talk about some of that? You bet. Um, I, I love that, that we get to support people on in, in an ongoing way um, by giving them some, I guess you would call them bonus gifts. Or I, I prefer to think of them as thank you gifts and here's how to continue. But each, uh, Megan and I are both offering um, either a 30-minute coaching session with Reverend Megan because she is a grief coach and a spiritual counselor as well, or a 30-minute sound healing session with me. And I have my, all of my equipment set up now, so it's going to sound good online. We are also each offering you, so you'll get both of these, a track from my Gong Meditation CD, which I did with two other people, and a track from Reverend Megan's, um, one of her guided meditation CDs. And Megan is offering um, a chapter from her new book, which uh, you heard a piece of it just a few minutes ago. It's so beautiful and powerful and so that's an extended opportunity for you to to read her something of her upcoming book which has within it not just the chapter of of her story but also throughout the book she has different exercises to support you through the through the grieving process and then we're going to be hosting um, for people who show up on Saturday we're going to do some follow-up meetings once a month and that's an added um, bit of cash but it's not much but we want to continue to support you ongoing and and be able to come together as a community going down the line because as Megan mentioned earlier we see this as something we're going to do um, from now on and all throughout the year and lots of different platforms so to start to be able to build a community where people can come together and share their stories and share their their feelings and experiences as well as their growth processes. That's really important. And now we have this worldwide way to come together. So lots of extra ways to, to both say thank you and then give you continued support as a community. That's really cool. So it's not just a one shot thing. You know, people will be able to continue to explore some of their feelings and things that come up during this retreat and to get the added help and support. So you'll be continuing along 
the work that you're doing starting off with a retreat. I think that's great because sometimes it, it'll yep. take a little while, right, for people to really let things sink in oh. or to really open up. Yeah, it's not like you just can process everything in three hours and then that's it. I go on my with my life like nothing ever happened. Um, one of the things that I realized is that, you know, after I said what, what grief really becomes a part of us, grief isn't something you get over. And I think that's a misnomer if anybody thinks that that's the case. Because you're never going to forget your memories. You're never going to forget the feeling of the loss um, the reminder that what it that you know whether you've lost a relationship, a job, um, a home, a pet, or the most significant thing when it's you know someone that's significant in your life that emotional loss, you don't forget that. There's little triggers that remind you of it that come up and um, and so it can become fresh again. So it's getting to know, understand grief, the triggers, and how do we learn to live with it is really the process. And there are things that we can do to support us so that when they come up, it doesn't blindside us. We know they're going to happen. And that's what, you know, I have learned over the last almost seven years. It's been quite a journey, and that's why I was compelled to write a book and also to be a part of creating these retreats with Terry because we want to be an ongoing resource to people to offer the different ways that can be helpful and the different times in your life. And... In a very strange way, for me, I've realized it's about making friends with grief, because if you're going to hang out with it for the rest of your life, you might as well learn how to make friends with it and get along with it, because there is something you can learn from it, in which it takes time to get to know. Right. I'm so glad you brought that up, because people have heard so many times, well, you should just get over it, or there should be a certain amount of time that it takes to grieve someone or a situation. And it's so individual, right? Like you were saying, that that's not oh, the yeah. case. You can't just tell someone to get over it. And even like this morning, I was describing just looking at that picture and just the overwhelming feeling of, you know, love and loss, even though it's been 13 years since I lost my mom, I, I still feel it. And that's something that will never go away, ever. I think there's always before and after an event like that in your life that it just really changes you mm -hmm. in your DNA. Mm -hmm. And what you're offering people is the ability to, you know, like you said, work with it, accept it, and maybe even kind of make friends with it in a way. And that's you know, part my of the brother transformational oh. process. It is. It's definitely, yeah, you have to be able to embrace it. And, and again, bringing up, seeing the gift, my brother transitioned in, 1969 so that's 50 plus years ago and i i still feel it and there are still times when that 13 year old that i was just breaks down and and sobs missing him and i've also had experiences where he shows up in my day-to-day -day life and in different scenarios and in different ways and numbers and things that i see as does my sister so yeah it and, and as Megan said, we can be triggered at any moment. We don't know where it's hiding out in our in our bodies and our our minds and our experiences. So um, I'd I'd rather feel a little more prepared for for that that friend, quote unquote, showing up and coming out and playing with me or or 
you know, challenging me in the moment, and I can I can then embrace it and and bring up the mother within me to nurture myself through that process. That's so important. Right. Well, and, and going what's through... interesting is that because grief is so tied to our emotions, is to realize that part of what comes up and what it's reminding us is our capacity to love deeply. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're feeling. It's a reminder of the love that we have for something. And that is the cherished gift that can never be taken from us. So when we realize right. that, we can use that as the energy that helps us move forward and find a way to just come to acceptance. I think, Diane, you mentioned that. Forgiveness and acceptance are in a, very much a part of the grief journey. Right. And going through, both of you have been through really incredible experiences on your own grief journeys. And in in your beliefs now, in, in going through those things, has it reinforced your your belief or your conviction that love never dies, that those people may not be here in the physical realm, but that there is an opportunity to see them again. How do you feel about that? That's absolutely right on. Yeah. Go ahead, Megan. Yeah, well, I was just going to say as a minister, I, you know, I, even before I had my own really intense moments of experience, um, it's something that people ask. And I think we can only answer that for ourselves. I, I think that it's doing a disservice to still tell somebody what they will experience or what it should be for them. But I, but my own personal belief is I know that I feel my son's presence with me all the time, that it's, it's almost like I feel him more intensely because he's not in a physical form. I feel his presence. He was a part of me when I was downloading my book, and that's, you know, really what I felt like, that he was... He was there to tell me this, share this, use my story to help others. When um, the first six months after he passed, I had experiences where at 3 o'clock in the morning, my phone would light up for, for no reason, my cell phone. And he used to call me in the middle of the night when he needed to talk. And it was always around 3 in the morning. And my phone would light up and there would be nobody there for no reason and then all of a sudden six months later which was right at when his birthday would have been when he would have turned 30 it stopped and so I don't know if it was he was just checking in and letting me know he was around and everything's okay and then it was like okay I'm ready I'm, I'm moving on but I'm still around um, I don't know what it is but I'm going to say that's what it was so I believe that the presence of spirit lives with us in whatever form we decide it's going to be, um, I'm good with that. Right. And what do you think, Terry? Have you had experiences or things that strengthen your belief in that, in, in what you feel happens uh, after we pass? Sure. I've had visits, um, kind of those you're, you're falling asleep, visits, visions, experiences with both my brother and my sister. With um, And that's, again, been going on for many, many, many decades now with, with both of them. Um, I have, you were mentioning earlier about relationships um, after, after the, the person has gone. I've actually deepened my relationships with both of my parents 
with them, not in the physical form. They've both come to me in dream states or visuals or meditations and shown um, the light version, the spirit version of who they are to me so that that actually helped me with the, my own grief processes with both of them in that I, um, I was able to see them for who they are in, in light form, in spirit form, and re- better release any relationship issues that I had with either one of them over the years. But I feel them all. I see them all. Anytime I have a, an intuitive reading with somebody or a psychic reading with somebody, my mom is the first one to show up, and, you know, she's not in physical form anymore. So I, I always have these nudges that they're, they're still with me. I think of them. I feel them. So for me, I, I absolutely know without a doubt that they're still very present in me. And as Megan mentioned, the love, just the love that I had and have for all of them is still there. Right. And I think if people open up a little bit to receiving those messages or signs, they can be available to all of them um, or to everyone. I mean, I've, I've had dreams, you know, of my mom as well, not so much my dad. And I don't know, I, I wonder why that, that is, but I guess maybe I'll find out, you know, someday. Cause I do think that mm-hmm. we, we will all see each other. I think at that moment, like they come to, to meet you and kind of help you along that making that transition. Um, that's just what I think. A friend of mine named David Kessler wrote an amazing book called Visions, Trips, and Crowded Rooms about what happens right at that um, moment of passing. And he interviewed a bunch mm. of doctors and hospice workers and things like that and just uh, incredible stories. So, uh, yeah, I've, it's, I, I've I think been with the people, love goes on. I've been, oh, absolutely. And when I've been with people in their transition, and I remember um, one woman in particular because she was 103 and um, she'd been, um, her husband had passed a long time before her, but um, she kept seeing him and she would be reaching out to him and, um, and she was confused by it, you know, and why nobody else could. But it was, I believe that there's this comfort in when we're about to pass that the love that we hold for those that have gone before us um, manifests so that it can um, provide us with um, comfort and ease and ability to relax and, and be open and receptive to the process of transition, which is a part of life. And it's really a beautiful thing when you just see the breath leave and you know that the person has, their spirit has just gone on and, and transformed right before your eyes. It's a, an amazing thing. It is. It's a, it's, I think it's a holy moment. And I think the moment that we leave this earth is as important as the moment that we arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it can be, you know, a very, a very, very powerful thing. And I feel blessed that I was able to be with my mother at that moment of transition. I was the one in the room at that time. And rather than it being like a horrible, although, you know, it was like a, a really emotional moment i'm grateful like now i'm able to look back and i'm really grateful that i was able to be there at that moment i think it's it's really beautiful and people shouldn't be afraid to be with someone or experience that you know that moment i had that that experience with my father and it was fascinating um i was with him for several days before he transitioned and 
Um, a few a few other siblings, nephews showed up in the room as well. And I, I remember that moment, yes, as being very sacred, special, and uh, an important moment in my life. And then when the um, undertakers came and were wheeling his body out, I had this powerful realization that that body was not who my father was or really is. And it shifted so much for me. And so when you talk about do they live on, yes, I believe absolutely, because that was definitely not the end of his existence. I know that. And so it was very comforting to me in that moment to realize that was the vehicle he showed up in. But he was very much in my heart still. So he he must be living on somehow. Yeah. Right. Those are are just our shells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is, and we forget that um, who we are is not our physical body. It's just what's housing this experience, so we can experience it in all of the, you know, very dimensions uh, and the opportunities of expression um, that that spirit wouldn't be able to do without using us. So um, it's a glorious thing that we have our bodies, and yet it also can be a glorious thing that we can transform and continue to exist in some other way. So we can still feel the connection and that love of those that, in our minds, we still hold that form of what we loved and missed. So, you know, in our retreats and what we do in the grieving um, work is to help people shift from feeling the pain, which is is important. If we don't acknowledge it, then it's just going to be there and blindside us. But when we have the courage to go deep enough to feel it, then we can begin to shift that same intensity of feeling to um, to the love and the cherished memories. It's one of the things that I, I had this experience from my father after he passed in 2007. And I was sitting in meditation and just reaching out to his spirit and just saying, Dad, what can you teach me? What do I need to know? And that the thing that came to me was that the intensity of pain that we feel, and we all know what that is, is the same intensity of emotion as joy, as as um, feeling blessed, as gratitude. And so when we can shift from one to the other, it's still intense emotion. And yet we seem to think that one's better than the other. And really it's just the spectrum of feeling and what a gift that is for us. Right. That's so interesting. That That's such a good point. You know, it is such a intense experience, but I never thought to kind of compare it you know, in intensity to joy, but it, it really could be. That's so interesting. Both sides of the same uh, coin, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. And I wanted to ask you about something. We kind of touched on it a little bit earlier where, you know, you said part of what you'll be talking about during the retreat is honoring the mother within. And I think that's such an interesting concept because I don't have children and I feel sometimes that people now, while I understand that I I could not really comprehend the feeling of a mother and child, I guess in that, in that exact way, but that I can still honor it and, and respect it. And I, and I guess what I'm trying to say is like, we're all as, as women, I guess we're all, we all have that mother within us. Like I, I find myself, you know, I mother to my siblings, you know, and I had my sister say, oh, you know, 
Eddie and I call you when something's hitting the fan because you're the one, <laughs> you know, I'm the one that mm-hmm. they turn to. I'm, I'm the mother, in, in, I guess, in that way. So it's, it's something that you can recognize and honor within all of, all of us, even if we don't physically have children. Like we're not, uh, I'm not a absolutely. physical mother. Well, and so when you think about what a mother represents, and, you know, you look at the aspects of that, that nurturing, loving, you know, when you want the hug um, that provides the healing, the nurturing, um, those are part of our human being, our human nature. And that also is contained within men. And, you know, there's plenty of men that have served the role of the primary parent as a mother role, in a sense, for children. I have um, my other adult son that's still living has a a daughter and he's been uh, a single parent for a lot of that time and I watch him and how he nurtures his daughter and allows her to be who she is instead of trying because he's a pretty macho guy and I was concerned that he would try to make her be it like a boy <laughs> and not allow her to just show her feminine side but he he allows her to have both and encourages whatever it is that she wants to express and I it's really a delight for me to observe but it, it represents that he is tapped into, there's a part of him that's nurturing that allows that to be. And so when we can tap into that, it can also serve to support us in healing whatever it is that we're grieving, what we might, the pain we might be feeling, whether we're alone or not, that there's something we carry with us that will serve us. And that's our goal is to help people tap into that so that they recognize how they can support themselves no matter what's happening in the world around them. Yes, how to right. be a mother to yourself first, because if you if you can't do it for yourself, you're you're less effective doing it or, or trying to do it for other people. So, to be able to cradle yourself through the pain, to be able to support yourself unconditionally, and just be there for yourself, that's something we're not taught either. Is is how you know is it's not a selfish me first. It's the um, you know, being in the airplane and, and taking in that oxygen first so you can help another person. That's, that's a vital role for us to play for ourselves. So it's right. Really about it's so important. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I love that. And I like talking about the role of or the feeling of, quote, the mother in and taking the gender out of it like like you were saying mm-hmm. with, with your friend that's more of a nurturer like i mean i've met many men that are much more nurturing you know than a lot of women that i've met so i i love that um i don't know if it would be called an archetype or i guess just the 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 feeling of of being a mother to people you know and bringing that bringing that forward and nurturing it and like you said terry you know self-love learning to love ourselves is is hard for a lot of people, but it's so huge. I mean, if you can't love yourself and think you're well, worth yeah, anything, is, how? Go ahead. <laughs> for men, as it is for women, it's not just a a, a female role. You know, yes. and that's where we want to embrace men and realize that if you haven't really felt comfortable or learned how to nurture yourself, this is a wonderful opportunity to be able to tap into that place and maybe explore and discover a part of you that um, hasn't been allowed to be expressed. 
Absolutely. I used to work for um, Louise Hay for many years, and she was famous for doing this exercise called mirror work. And it was oh, yeah. looking into a mirror. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I remember, you know, the first couple of times trying it and just feeling so ridiculous, you know, saying I love you to myself. But then I realized, wow, I've never really said I love you to myself. And that and having those feelings, that's that's so important to be able to reach in and, and do that. And so I, I started doing that. I, I learned that from Louise. I don't know. Have you ever tried that? Oh, I do oh, yes. it often. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. And to I've look in your in... own eyes and both give that love and receive that love, just all yes. within, you know, the, the inner circle of yourself. That that's powerful. That's powerful stuff. That's good juice. It, <laughs> it is. It is. Well, and you know, if if I could offer anybody, you know, something that would be helpful to them, especially in their when they're in the initial raw stages of grief and pain, is is to um, be gentle with themselves, to focus on the self care things of what would be nurturing and soothing, you know, like a detox bath or just soaking in a warm tub and um, journaling or just, you know, watching a movie that lets you just cry, you know, walking in nature, listening to music, all those things that allow us to tap into the, the emotions of, of feeling um, that we're nurtured somehow. It's, it's what would make you feel like you're being held in the arms of your beloved and, and do that for yourself. That's it. Such Putting powerful all stuff. Other things aside. It's been so great to talk to you, ladies. Our time is just wrapping up, unfortunately, but Aww. I'm so, I know, <laughs> it goes by fast. It goes by fast, right? I'm so happy I could have you both on, and I hope that people head over to join you for the virtual retreat, Unraveling Grief, yep. Transforming Mother's Day. Head on over to the website, Unity Awakenings org slash retreats and thank you so much ladies thank you for listening to unity online radio the voice of an awakening world i'm dr mona lisa and i've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.